Hi guys, my name is Jason. And I am James. And I'm Garrett. And welcome to this Reviewing Romans episode of Small Town Pilgrims Podcast, where we dig deeper into last Sunday's sermon. We hope you enjoy it. Welcome to another episode of Small Town Pilgrim Podcast. This is an episode of Reviewing Romans, and I am sitting here with Jason, and we hope that you have had the opportunity to listen back to this past Sunday's sermon on Romans 7, 7 through 8 from Reality Church. If not, you might want to you know, press pause and go back a few episodes and listen to it, or you can just keep listening. It's up to you. But Jason, if you would, let's start with reading that scripture. Sure. Now hear the infallible inspired word of God. Romans 7, 7 and 8 says, What then shall we say? That the law is sin? By no means. Yet if it had not been for the law, I would not have known sin. For I would not have known what it is to covet if the law had not said, You shall not covet. But sin, seizing an opportunity through the commandment, produced in me all kinds of covetousness. For apart from the law, sin lies dead. And we pray that God would illuminate that scripture through the power of the Holy Spirit to you, and he would sanctify you by his truth. His word is truth. So, James, time for the all-important awkward question. What did you think of the sermon? Well, I'll begin by saying it's a wonderful set of verses, and... Once again, you amaze me by how much you can pull out of one or two verses, not a talent of mine. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed this sermon, and not only did I enjoy the sermon, and I didn't even tell you this beforehand, so this is going to be news to you, but I thought it was a, exactly, right? (laughs) I, I thought it was a fantastic, fantastic set of scripture to be preaching on that particular Sunday for your church. Because you um, had the opportunity to baptize an individual that had come and been a part of the church and uh, will be receiving him in membership soon. Um, and the reason why I say that I think this is a fantastic sermon to preach and right before one is being baptized is really just what you kind of expose in verse eight, where it says, for apart from the law, sin lies dead. And one thing that you really kind of exposed in that text is three reasons uh, or really three ways the law helps us see some things in our lives. Yeah. What you said was, I am a sinner. I can't save myself and I need a mediator. And to have baptism um, right right after you expose these three realities in the life of the individuals at the church, they then get to see the old man die to sin, which is exposed in the law. And it's just a physical representation of everything that you really preach through in this text. So um, I really enjoy the fact that you pulled these truths out, but then the people that was in the congregation that morning got to physically see it with their own eyes. And so. Right. The, the, the beautiful sacrament of baptism. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Martin Lloyd-Jones, he's kind of famous for, uh, when he came into Westminster, um, they had a stage in their foyer where they would perform like plays and all these other stuff, trying to get people in, you know, trying to draw them in with theater. And uh, he was famous for saying uh, the only theater necessary 
is the sacrament of baptism and the Lord's table. Uh, you know, that he, he was, that was kind of his thoughts on it, you know, and of course I love the fact that there's actual church minutes showing the sale of that stage uh, when they decided to sell the thing. But um, I think you're right. You know, I think it's so awesome. And, and I tried to explain that to my people, you know, the short uh, clip that, that we shared on Facebook of uh, Kendall being baptized um, didn't show afterwards when I explained to them, look, what you've just seen is a, is a um, representation of he has died with Christ and now he is raised with Christ alive, you know, and, 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 I, and, and to me, it was, it was, it's so meaningful to, to see that, you know, but, but, but I, I catch, I catch what you're laying down there, um, you know, and, and God has through Romans, through this whole Roman ser- series have been so providential um, in, in the verses that I've had at certain times that they, how, how they fit the moment for my church, you know, I guess that's the whole thing about a sovereign God, right? I mean, he kind of knows what he's doing. Um, yeah. But you know, if you preach expositely through texts, then you're not allowing the spirit to, you know, work and move and, you know, oh, those right, yeah, right. Of course. No, yeah, yeah. no, no spirits allowed uh, and expository preaching. Right. No, uh, no, no, no happy fun stuff. Well, um, you know, I get on my soapbox fairly easily. Um, <laughs> because of the, uh, um, just the groups of people I used to hang out with about that sort of thing. Um, uh, one thing absolutely off topic, but I'd love to hear your take on it this is not about romans at all but i'd love to hear your take on it um gentleman pastor that used to to be a good friend of mine really um uh still a friend you know but put on facebook um god is not in control read your bible he's given us control we determine our destiny uh, to say that God is in control is to use an excuse for things not going the way you wanted and you not doing what God told you to do um, and being out of the will of God, basically. Basically stomping all over God, being sovereign. Mm. Um, love to hear your take on that because I know what mine is. Uh, it's quite heretical. Um, yeah. Mainly in the sense that what you then do is make yourself God and then make God the subject essentially. And so you're saying that I'm in control of my life rather than God. And so now is there truth to what he's trying to maybe expose in the fact that we are responsible by the, for the choices that we make in life by all means we're responsible. Um, but that's why the way we word things is crucial. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so the way he worded that, um, is much, 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 much too far in trying to take control over one's life. Yeah. I think he, um, does kind of espouse the, um, the NAR word of faith, uh, teaching, um, of, uh, more of, a we, uh, God has given us dominion, you know, that dominion idea, um, which is, it really does kind of go against what Christ said in the great commission when he says, all 
uh, authority and power in heaven and earth have been mm. given to me. Um, to me, him being Christ, not me being me. So he has power and authority. And then, of course, you look at Psalm 115, 3, where he says, I sit on my throne. And I basically, they say our God sits on his throne and he does what he pleases. Um, he has ordained all things from the beginning. Um, I do read my Bible. That's how I can see that God is sovereign. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that was just a soapbox moment. I, I, I just wanted to hear another uh, another pastor's take on on that. Yeah, I'm just I'm thankful that what he said in that statement, assuming you uh, quoted it word for word, um, or very, gave very me close, the gist of it. Um, man, I'm so thankful that that's not the truth. I, that I'm not completely in control. Because if that was the case, I would still be lost. Gone. Yeah, no doubt. And this world would, and every dumpster would be on fire. Every car would be overturned in the streets. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, without God's common grace, uh, yeah. relenting against the total in corruption and depravity of man. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's, let, let's get down to it. Um, One thing that, that, um, so let me give you where I, where I start from. I start from my past with the law and because I feel like sometimes the law is very hard for us as Christians to really grasp a hold of. What do we do with it? You know what I mean? Um, we know it came from God, but what do we do with it? You know what I mean? Um, so in the past, um, I've been, in a legalistic church that basically wanted you to follow the law for your salvation. And I've also been in a church that wanted to unhitch the old Testament from the new. And also even at sometimes want to unhitch the uh, gospels because of how much law was contained in the gospels from the preaching of Christ from, from what we taught and wanted to get, get rid of that and say, we're not under the law at all. You know what I mean? So I think that to me is the the conundrum, the two ends of the spectrums. And yeah, and yeah, and you know, that's why I, I did enjoy your approach on it. It really reminded me much of um, it was actually a picture I sent you. It had to have been about a month ago at this point of what I was teaching my students. Yeah, right. um, and really talking Matthew five seventeen through. 20, which I think you, you either yeah. quoted or referenced yeah. the verses yeah. right after that. Yeah, sure um, did. Your seventh in, in addressing the seventh verse here. And really what I looked at was the three purposes of the law. And you don't come out and say these things because not all of them were necessary. You focus more on the first purpose. And I would say even the third purpose, um, first purpose pretty much meaning that it's a mirror to us so that we see our sinfulness and our need mm -hmm. for a savior and the third purpose would then be um, something along the lines that um, in seeing our sinfulness, we would also see that the law of God demands the holiness of God. So therefore, with the work of the Spirit upon our lives, then we seek to um, live out the realities of the law of God, um, not for salvation, as you yeah. talk about with legalistic mindset, but out of um, a love and a respect and really just understanding that God did save you. 
Yeah. And so uh, I don't think you were as blatant about it as I probably would have been. And said, now these are the three purposes of law, this, this, and this. Yeah. Um, but throughout your sermon, and I think what you did was bridge the gap between bringing out those realities in a way that your people would understand. And I think the way you did that and the way that would make that so successful was beginning where you were. Yeah. Because that's where a lot of your people have been right in a very yeah. similar place. Yeah. I think it's, it's, it's a, it's the, um, maybe it's the thing that is kind of common with throughout church history. I mean, you look at, I mean, even Paul himself, uh, in the Galatian church had to address it as the Judaizers came in trying to bring a legalistic, you have to do these things to truly be saved kind of deal. And he said, you know, it, it astounds me that you've already fallen away into another gospel, you know? So the, the idea of the balance, I think has been difficult for a lot of people in the past, mm-hmm. but, um, I had, you know, one, one point that kind of stuck out to me was that phrase from verse eight, um, for apart from the law, sin lies dead. Um, and just the fact that it's lying dead, basically motionless, lifeless to the sinner, you know, as they, have not really seen the offense of their sin. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, it, Cause within ourselves, if we look at it, we don't have really within ourselves the capacity to say, you know, just on a whim without the, the power of the Holy spirit convicting us as seeing the law as hearing the gospel. We can't just sit there and just suddenly be like, you know what? I'm really sinful. Mm. You know, when we're in that state. Yeah. I think that's where, when we think of why God provided the law, I think there is some extent um, that maybe man does realize that they are sinful. Um, we see that there was a demand upon the heart of man, a law written on the heart of man before the physical yeah. um, law was written for us. Yeah. Um, but generally speaking, like you said there, without the work of the spirit through the law, that's not going to happen. Yeah. And so thankfully we do have a physical kind of written law that is for a man now. And, you know, and I think we've touched on this before as we've kind of explored these topics is that's why it's so crucial that the believer understands the difference between general revelation and special revelation. Yeah. Because God will you know, revealed himself through his creation, that he exists, uh, possibly even right that uh, on the heart of man, that they're sinful, that there is an issue in this world. There's a problem. Murder is not okay. Yeah. Um, and various things of that nature. But as believers, we have to rightly understand that if it wasn't for the special revelation of God, which is ultimately through the law of God, um, because often when we think of law, we think of the Ten Commandments, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yep. But that's not what he's talking about here. He's talking about all of the laws of God, the purpose of all of the laws of God. 
And that's yeah. when you read like Psalms and David says, I delight in the law. Yeah. Why does he delight in the law? It's not because the law in and of itself made him feel good about himself, right. but pointed him to the one that could make him whole. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, cause he, I mean, and that's the thing I think too, that with that comes the understanding of, <clears throat> uh, self-sufficiency isn't going to get me through these things, you know, me being sufficient enough myself. Um, we just read through, uh, Psalm 119. We've got, I think one more stanza to go. Um, that's what we've been kind of reading of our scripture reading at church. And I see so much of it saying, you know, I delight in your word. I delight in your commands. I, I, I love to keep your commands. These are things that help us understand that we're not self-sufficient in this life as it pertains to our ability to be righteous and good and holy. There's no self-sufficiency in that at all. So as we look to the law and see that holy, just, and good law, we begin to see that it has absolutely nothing to do with us. We have no ability. That's where we come to those, come to those three things that we see through the law. I'm a sinner. I, I offend a holy God. I, I can't save myself. There's nothing good within me to bring me to righteousness in Christ or to a, to a holy God who sees me as an offense. Mm. So I need a mediator. I need somebody to go between me and him. So I lose my self-sufficiency and I begin to depend on the one who can redeem me. That's right. And man, that's why this is so important. And it, you know, it may seem redundant, not, not necessarily for your people, possibly for your people. Um, and even for this podcast here, because honestly, this is what we've been looking at a lot through the reviewing Romans, right? Yeah. Is it's so necessary. The law is necessary to point us to Christ because we can't fulfill the law. Yeah. It seems redundant. It does. I mean, I get that, but I mean, me personally, this is the reality that just helps me rest in Christ even more yep. is that when I understand the demand of the law, mm -hmm. then I understand that even as a believer, I am not going to uphold it completely. Yeah. Um, will I do better now than I did before Christ? Yes. Yeah. I would say generally so for the believer. Um, they're living uh, aware of their sin. And so therefore the work of God in their lives, even if they aren't uh, totally ready or equipped in that specific moment to fight sin, they will do better in it than they did beforehand. Yeah. But the reality of it is, man, the, the idea of knowing the law leads to sin, then this sin leads us to needing someone to save us, then resting in Jesus to save us, um, isn't something that we do once. It's something that we do continually throughout yeah. our lives. Not to maintain our salvation in the sense that we could lose our salvation, right? but to maintain it because we could never lose it because he's the one holding it. And so if he's the one holding it, then if I do that sin that bogs me down, the one that is at the core of who I am, the one that that's causing rotten fruit in my life. If he's the one that, that is holding me in my salvation, then can I not turn to him in the moments that I fall prey to that sin in my life? Yeah. 
And see, and, and that leads us to kind of my last final point in the sermon was, um, you know, as we are being sanctified by the spirit, you know, we end up leading a life of repentance. Mm -hmm. And that's not a negative thing because um, if we repent, we have a God who is faithful and just to forgive us. So the sinner, the sinner who repents and places their trust in Christ repents to a life of repentance where they repent and they are forgiven. And we begin that, that journey of, you know, killing sin, you know, as you said, as we grow, because we, we really, you know, babies in Christ don't understand the concept of, of the, you know, killing sin, but we are taught, we're taught by repentance. God, I messed up. Forgive me, Lord. You know, I don't want to ever do that again. These things, these times of repentance, they lead us to a life of more repentance and more repentance, which leads us to killing more sin, which leads us to a life of sanctification. And that's the yeah. good life. Yeah. And it, and it leads us depending and trusting in Jesus more mm-hmm. and more and more and more each and every time. Yeah. And that is what's crucial in our walk with Christ. Yeah. And often we fail to do that because we do realize the weight of our sin. Yeah. Right. We realize that our sin separates us from God. Therefore, we're not worthy to go to God. Yeah. But the more and more we trust in Jesus, um, the more and more God is glorified in that. Yeah. And, you know, that's what Paul explores in Romans. You know, the more and more I sin, the more and more. God's grace abounds. Now, obviously, yes. it doesn't lead us to live in an unfruitful life, but rather one that is much fruitful in the work of Christ. Yeah, there's a there's an old anecdote. Um, old guy told me this. Um, he had a fruit tree that um, just was not producing fruit. Um, you know, and you you hear all the anecdotes. Well, if you prune the the, the branches back or whatever. What he did is he would go out in his yard with a two by four and he would take that two by four and he would beat that tree and beat it and beat it and beat it and beat it. And after he had beat it the next season, it produced more fruit than it ever had. Now that's not saying that God is beating and beating and beating us. What, what the anecdote that I see in that is that, that conviction of the Holy Spirit as the Holy Spirit is working and pruning and, and, and helping us produce more and more. What we do is we do produce more fruit because as you said, we're leaning not on what I can do, how I can be better. We're leaning on the fact that Christ has clothed me in his righteousness. He is better. And, and we do those things you know, in Christ, you know, was the Bible, it says that um, God chastises those he loves, right? So as he's chastising me, as I'm being convicted by the Holy Spirit, and I'm seeing those sins, and I'm repenting, and I'm, you know, changing my ways, you know, and I'm, I'm praying that dangerous prayer of, Lord, if there be any evil way in me, please let me see it, that I may kill it. You know, as we see those things, God's faithful, he's just, and he forgives. Right. So but all in all, I mean, I, I enjoyed the sermon preaching it. Um, you know, 
I joke with my congregation. It was ten exactly ten minutes shorter than usual. That's what I was going to ask you as we get ready to kind of fold this thing up in a nice little bow and lay it out there for the listeners. Um, if you would have had your ten more minutes um, than you normally would, um, no, I think your ten minutes that you didn't use to preach was much used in the baptism. So right, well yeah. worth cutting that ten minutes. But if yeah. you did have that ten more minutes, what do you think you would have? expanded upon more approached differently or if anything, I mean, God's sovereign. So the sermon you have is the one he had for his people. Right. right? I um, think, I think to me, it would have been a little bit probably on both sides, the verse seven and verse eight, maybe for verse seven, I would have definitely um, gone maybe a little bit even deeper into that. Um, the idea of if the law had not told me, thou shalt not covet, then I, I wouldn't have known what coveting even was, you know, probably would have mm. dug in there a little bit deeper on seven. And then on eight, I would have come in with that end part really shown a lot more about probably what, you know, the law really, really helps us see, you know, like dig in a little bit there a little bit more on that yeah. verse eight, you know, but I mean, like you said, I think God is sovereign. Like I told you before we started, um, the the uh, response the uh, I got I got more amens than usual. Um, that's that's something different about our church. You know we uh, we generally have a fairly quiet um, preaching time, um, but um, our people as they're getting into the word more, getting more excited about the word, so they want to say amen sometimes. And we've had I had a few more of those. I saw a lot of responsiveness in in, in eyes and and focus and stuff. So, you know, I was, I was proud of the way the sermon went, you know, that God um, would be so gracious as to allow me to be his servant, you know, is, is the ultimate, you know, greatness for me. Well, man, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the sermon and I hope that as we've said on the front end, that the listener has already listened to it. If not, I would encourage you to, um, because it is 10 minutes shorter. It'd be a little bit easier to listen to this week. Right. Um, but no, it's normally not that bad, especially if you listen to two times speed, you, you can listen <laughs> like to stuff did, yeah. really quick. Um, and I sound like a chipmunk, which is a, a fun add on, right? Yeah. I, I really wish I had an app that would allow me to listen to two and a half speed because that's what I listen to my podcasts, not podcasts, but audio books on. Yeah. And so I really like two and a half times speed, but, I'm okay with a two times speed because I've deleted a lot of my podcasts that I was listening to, uh, primarily to focus. Uh, yeah, I primarily to focus more on some, uh, scriptural reading or audio books or even just silence. Um, because I tend to take in a lot of information, which is good, but for me, it's sometimes negative. So, uh, and if I have a bunch, uh, queued in my playlist, then I'll feel the need to, feel my silence of my day in and get it knocked out. Yeah. Um, especially, you know, podcasts like, you know, small town pilgrim, you know, where we're releasing like what, four episodes a week or a week. Well, two of them are sermons. So, I mean, those are going to happen anyway. We're, we're generally trying to release four a week. Um, this week won't be the case. Um, tomorrow going out of town right after, uh, right after get out, out of school tomorrow and going to, uh, Celebrate the old 10 year anniversary with my wife. So, 10 years. 10 years. 
So you got married the year that I graduated high school. Fun stuff. How old were you when you got married? I was 29 when I got married. How old are you now then? 39. 39. Yep. I didn't realize you were that old. I don't act it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm a, I'm a good 10 years younger than you, obviously. So, Totally. I think I think that was the, could have been deduced by this point in the podcast, but right. um, to save the listeners any kind of math they don't want to do in their head, I'm ten years younger than you. Right there we go. Yeah. So hey, but you're man, only as young as you feel, and I feel like I'm seventy sometimes. So that's fine. Well, ministers, right? Yeah. Sometimes I feel like I'm way past seventy. And working um, and working jobs when I was younger that. Oh goodness. I don't know how I'm alive sometimes. That's right. Well, man, I've enjoyed this episode. Um, I do want to leave you with a challenge for our listeners and really not more or less a challenge for you, but to bring some encouragement to our listeners. Um, when you look at these two verses, Mm -hmm. um, in, in about a minute spill, tell me why this is good news for the believer for me, it's simply good news because of the fact that God did care about humanity enough to not leave us in just abject depravity. He gave us a good and perfect and holy law, knowing we couldn't keep it, but understanding that through the covenant of redemption, he has set forth a mediator to save us. And when we see through what is shown here, that the law points out to us, Hey, this is sin. Well, then I can understand as an unbeliever. Okay. I'm in sin. I'm offending a holy God. I need a mediator. So all of this points me directly to the one and only savior, Jesus Christ. And that is the best news. That's right. And, um, Man, I I enjoyed the sermon and would encourage the listeners to listen to it. Um, Anything you want to add before we jump off here, brother? I I, I don't have anything. I just hope everybody has an enjoyable week. We're getting closer to that Thanksgiving season, so I know people are probably starting to get a little busy, but throw in a few uh, Small Town Pilgrims podcasts as you're driving along with your family. Make them listen to the dulcet tones of one James White and my um my sage advice from myself um garrett i don't know how to describe him his beard describes him yeah and unfortunately the beard does not translate well to a podcast that's true if you could hear a beard his name would be garrett crosby that's right But yeah, um, I don't have anything else. I hope God blesses everyone. There won't be a Thursday release podcast. So I know you guys probably wake up at 6 a.m. when those things usually release just to watch your phone show you the notification that's released. There won't be one this week, um, but join back next week. Also catch the uh, sermon podcast. But all right, Pastor James, we will see you um, later on. Hope God blesses everyone who listens. Thanks for listening to this podcast. 
Check out all of our social media. The links are in the show notes. Catch us next time on another episode of Small Town Pilgrims Podcast.